Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. Additionally, I founded the consultancy P&N Pricing and Negotiations in Healthcare based in Toronto, Canada, which supports companies and individuals globally by coaching, simulations and training, especially on negotiations. This service is including our innovative virtual reality simulation program and is part of the Negotiation Lab. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. Market access for orphan drugs can be a lot of times very challenging, also and especially when thinking about different countries in Europe. In Germany, within the AMNOC process, there is a special kind of pathway for orphan drugs, which basically means if a product has an orphan drug designation by the European Medicines Agency, the added benefit which needs to be granted by the GBA is basically already given, meaning that there is already the assumption that due to the fact that there is a marketing authorization by the EMA, a positive added benefit has been seen. Meaning the GBA is basically then only, in quotes please, um, advising and recommending, finally deciding on the level of the added benefit, which could be, in the worst case, let's say, a non-quantifiable added benefit. Anyhow, what does that mean finally, also when we think a bit further into the future? Um, There are some cases, think about the CAR-T cell therapies, where there are only really very few patients across Germany, for example. There are indications with 5, 10, maybe 15 patients a year. So that is really challenging that even to come up with any kind of comparative data also in the future. And this is where the GBA has implemented um, the possibility to collect further data in a registry, which could then be linked basically to the added benefit decision, meaning new data need to be submitted after a given time. Additionally, very important before we are coming to the discussion on orphan drugs as well, is that there is some kind of changes in the AMNOC, which will be in effect most likely January 1st, 2022. And that is especially that the orphan drug kind of exemption, what I have just described here a minute ago, is linked up to now to a threshold, so an annual revenue threshold of 50 million euros. That has been and will be changed. The parliament has already passed that kind of suggestion. So the threshold will now be lowered to 30 million euros for 12 months um, revenue. Meaning whenever you're listening now to the kind of podcast we're just discussing around orphan drugs in Germany, together with Owen Bryan, George Rack, and Fistelino from Partners for Access, just keep in mind, I think at the time we've recorded that, we were still discussing about 20 million threshold, which was the initial suggestion. This podcast was recorded as part of the Let's Talk Rare series by Partners for Access. Because of the very lively discussion we had, me as a guest, uh, I just thought that this discussion might be interesting for you, dear MAP listeners, as well. Hello and welcome to our October episode of Let's Talk Rare. I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Obi-Wan, Hello, thank you for the wonderful introduction, Georgie. 
And we have a great show lined up for you today with an amazing panel this month. This month, we are focusing on the German market and the proposed changes to the healthcare bill. What does this mean for manufacturers launching new drugs within the EU? Specifically, with the recent news that Janssen have shelved two oncology drugs from their launch strategy for Germany. Seeing as Germany has always been a go-to market for manufacturers, what will the implications look like? What about the patients? Specifically, rare disease patients who are desperately waiting new treatments and potential cures. Yep, so this is what we'll be discussing today. But first of all, let's have a quick overview of what the proposed changes are. So it's been quite a lot of changes recently in the German market from a, a bill that's recently been approved. And a few of these are really relevant for orphan drugs. So orphan drugs up to now have had um, some incentives in the German in the German Amnog system. And one of these, for example, was that they were able to achieve free pricing up to 12 months, um, where they were able to price their drug reasonably um, without any, any restrictions. However, now that's being reduced to up to six months, um, with reimbursement decided after that, that free pricing's been applied retrospectively from month seven. Also, up to recently, manufacturers were able to um, avoid triggering the amnog evaluation process um, unless their annual sales figures were expected to breach the 50 million euro threshold. Now, this is actually being reduced to the 20 million threshold. So the GKV is also adjusting the way that it prices some of these new drugs. For example, um, up to recently, the added benefit that's associated with the amnog process has typically been used more of a light guideline for some of these insurances to help decide the price of some of these innovative drugs. But now there's a lot more of a stricter threshold being applied depending on the result of the added benefit. And finally, one of the last important changes for, uh, for these orphan drugs is the compulsory and additional 20 cent rebate for certain products that are used in combination. And this is especially relevant as, as in the orphan drug space. Now, there are a lot of these combination therapies trying to come to the market as they really offer real incentives to some of these um, patient groups with high met needs. Brilliant. So what, what was the reason behind the new law um, and why did they bring these changes in? Yeah, <laughs> good question, Georgie. I mean, at the end of the day, I think to me, I think it was probably two different reasons, right? I mean, one was for sure the um, the ongoing discussions since years, since the AMNOG was basically implemented and those, let's say, um, um, special environments for the orphan drug areas has anyway been implemented, um, especially triggered by the health insurance companies, which was exactly those kind of, let's say, question, do we need those additional incentives for orphan drugs or not? Just have a look. I mean, you're the experts as well in other European countries on top, right? I mean, there are no real, let's say, um, um, similar processes as we have it in Germany, specifically for orphan drugs. I think that that's very important to keep in mind. I think the other point was for sure, and that was probably the, then the final trigger, is the 17 billion of losses within the GKV system, which has just been accumulated in 2021 and 2022. And that has obviously had those kind of impacts also on a political level in order to do something. Just very important before we probably jump into further of the discussion, the current, uh, let's say, information we have shared has not yet passed parliament as of October this year, right? So I think expectations are, let's say, rather low that there might be 
let's say, um, changes which are more in favor of uh, probably the pharmaceutical industry, but I think also not in the other direction. I think it's it's rather clear that whatever we have, whatever we're discussing now, or whatever has been discussed in the last couple of weeks, is probably what will also then happen and will be seen in the new bill. With these proposed changes, I mean, will orphan drug manufacturers still see Germany as as the first go-to market? I think that's the ultimate kind of question. I mean, to be realistic, and obviously with a German hat on, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, there are still, let's say, incentives available, right, for orphan drug manufacturers, which are not, uh, let's say, um, seen in other countries. So I would rather still say yes. I think it will probably still be the kind of first market to go. I think where the incentive might be probably more, um, let's say the disincentive probably rather, right, is yeah. probably more around that kind of, let's say, 20 million threshold, what FIS has also just introduced, right? Because of the 20 million threshold, you might maybe start more thinking of having maybe a lower launch price already earlier, um, let's say, in, in the kind of, let's say, um, uh, uh, process of getting the right German price. This might be maybe more the kind of trigger for the pharmaceutical industry. But at the end of the day, it's still the question um, if that is such a big disincentive or whether it's just, let's say, an adjustment to the current reality. And just, 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 sorry, just, sorry. I just wanted to just go back to what, what Janssen said. <clears throat> so Janssen said the reason they pulled those two oncology drugs, this is exactly what they said in their words, were because of the upcoming changes to the AMNOG assessments and uh, the price setting, which prevents innovation. So companies are really now starting to think that that you're actually, Germany now is preventing innovation in new drugs, especially in the orphan drug world. And as it's always been that that main market for uh, return on investment, you know, manufacturers are always looking. Do you think it's going to have, and you know, you did say you don't think it will have much of an implication and you think there'll there'll still be a a first go-to market? Do you still think that's the case after listening and after thinking and hearing what Yantin said, um, that it kind of really depletes innovation? Do you think now, especially in the ATMP and, and the orphan drug space, where it's all around innovation, that these companies will now start to look at other markets um, and, not, and not go to Germany? I'm still, let's say, pretty much convinced that Germany will still be at least in the group of leading markets. Maybe it's not number one, but that was always the discussion, right? Where where to first approach. Sometimes you maybe take France as a kind of intro into Europe. Sometimes you maybe take one or the other countries, like also UK, even that it's no more part of the EU, right? But it's always the kind of question where to best enter, right? And where you could, let's say, uh, start with the optimal, I don't want to say the maximum, but the optimal price for the further next steps into Europe, right? And I mean, what we see now is, and Janssen is an interesting example because they have withdrawn from the market even before the changes have been implemented, right? So at the end of the day, it is it is and was always a kind of question, which kind of, let's say, evidence you would basically need to, uh, let's say, submit and show to the GBA, which is the first part of the AMNOC process, right? And what could you really expect in the second part of the AMNOC process, which is then the price negotiation. And I think the bigger kind of change besides the threshold is probably also what was mentioned is if you only in quotes, please, right, um, receive a non-quantifiable added benefit or a minor added benefit, you would suddenly need to compare from a pricing perspective, also in that second part of the AMNOC process, against the comparative therapies. And that's maybe the kind of tricky part, even though that we all know 
in most of the cases, there are no competitors or comparators out there in the orphan drug space. So that's then again, a bit of the kind of question, Mark, how this could really be dealt with. But there's at least a bit of a kind of uh, potential fear of that kind of scenario. Stefan, do you think with the new price thresholds that are being set by the GKV in, in terms of linking it to the added benefit a bit more rigidly than what currently exists, do you think that could lead manufacturers to potentially delay launch until they have um, really improved some of their data? For example, manufacturers of orphan drugs um, may try to utilize their phase two trials to achieve market access. However, the quality of that data isn't obviously as comparable to the phase three standard of trials. Do you think this new price threshold linking it to Amnog will will cause manufacturers to perhaps delay launch for maybe two or three more years until they have this more robust data? Or do you think they would still push through with their their phase twos or even even earlier? I think the core question to me is whether um, if there is the possibility to run randomized or at least controlled trials, right? I think that's the core question to me ultimately. Have a look on the on the available ATMPs, especially for example, the CAR T cell therapies, right? I mean, if you take those really, really low number of patients in the different countries, I think it's just difficult to run even a large trial, not even discussing about a comparative trial. And even if you would be able to, let's say, come up with a trial design where you could put in a comparator and get it through the ethical approval, which is the other kind of component, right? What we're normally not discussing in the HDA sphere as well. How do you want to have statistical power behind, right? If you only have, let's say, 50, 60 patients across Europe, maybe, or let's say across the Western European world, and then you still need to have, let's say, two groups. And not everybody wants to participate in a trial anyway. So I think this is the core kind of question. But I think what we have seen also with the CAR T cell therapies is that I think also payers are more open to maybe find other solutions, um, especially maybe if we're speaking here about, um, obviously about cure, right? Or a real long survival, right? If you're really expanding survival for years, then I think that's something where everybody's getting a bit more flexible nowadays as well. I think this is probably also where the kind of component with the non-quantifiable or minor added benefit might come into play. And I think in the German context, I think it might as well be worthwhile to learn from those first ATMP launches that um, the early conversation with the payers, I'm not speaking now with the GKVSE, right, where the AMNOC price negotiation is, uh, is happening, but rather with the individual health insurance funds, that's probably getting even more important, right? Are there solutions possible on that level? Are there solutions possible where you could maybe think of putting it from the individual health insurance fund into the full system? I think that's more the things where I guess the industry will even think further. Thanks, Nathan. Should we go on to the next question? <clears throat> I mean, I, I think I think we kind of we covered uh, manufactured launch strategy, what, what their strategies will now become. Um, we've sort of talked about another country replacing Germany as an EU launch. We've sort of touched on France and other, but, but you still think you know, they, Germany is still going to be that, that go-to market. I mean, so then looking at what does the future hold for orphan drugs and ATMP launches within Germany? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit here, but anything else you wanted to, to add in this part here? But also one of the things I was interested in, Stephanie, you, yeah. you mentioned briefly 
um, that you think Germany may be insulated a little bit from this because it's got other incentives that other countries don't have. So could you um, expand on that a little bit? You mean other incentives? Yeah, so with regards to um, uh, seeing Germany as the sort of first go-to market, obviously with with these with the new law, some of these things may reduce um, the likelihood that German may be seen as the most attractive market to launch in. You mentioned earlier that it does have other incentives that other European countries don't have. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, I would rather say, you know, the, the 20 million threshold is probably still an incentive, right? We're just speaking about, let's say, going from 50 to 20. But we have also discussed politically whether maybe to take that whole threshold away right. and just say, look, orphan drugs should be assessed as every other drug, right? And that's what is happening in most of the other countries. For sure, also in the other countries, there are, let's say, political um, discussions to push basically also, or let's say, to, to incentivize to get also often drugs available on the market, right? But for sure, I mean, the payer side has another and a bigger power in the negotiations if you could obviously say, but you cannot prove that you are, let's say, as efficacious as you are, let's say, telling us, right? And that's a bit the kind of tricky part. That is why I was also coming back beforehand. Um, what is it now? Um, what we'll get out of the benefit assessment? I think that maybe other kind of incentive uh, I was maybe more alluding to was that there's you know, probably still the opportunity and the kind of benefit in the first part of the AMNOG, right? Where the GBA cannot give you a lower added benefit than a non-quantifiable at least not in that initial assessment before you have reached that 20 million euro threshold. That's still important, right? Because a non-quantifiable benefit, benefit just means that the benefit could be, let's say, between minor and the major one, right? Any Anything between. Non-quantifiable is not the lowest, right? It's basically on the other side of the, of, of the whole kind of um, benefit uh, rating. Uh, and that's maybe more something what we would need as well to keep in mind. But ultimately... What we have seen and heard already is that the push is for sure there, that prices should go down, and I think should go down even further. And I think the important point is rather independent whether Germany is still maybe the first market to go. I mean, with the current kind of financial situation, with the economy for sure going down into recessions in all of other our countries, I mean, we'll see a big push against any prices and if Germany goes down with prices, for sure the others will follow and even want to pay even less, right? Because we know that there's still some more, let's say, economic power behind Germany than in some of the other countries. So I think that's will be probably more the kind of tricky part. I think I don't see it as a as a pure German problem. I would rather see it as a at least a European issue, right? Not discussing about it probably broader, but if we take the US as let's say the market to go in any way. And then you have Europe as maybe the second one, maybe taking Japan a bit in, in brackets, right? But then Europe as a kind of second big bucket, then you might have an issue as a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do, do you think this will have a massive implications on the manufacturers? Because obviously, research and development, uh, return on investment, you know, reinvesting yeah. that money in, into, into new therapeutic areas or, or it's going to have a huge implication, like you say, not just in Germany, but across the whole of Europe. Exactly. Um, something that we haven't really touched on here is the um, the additional benefit for or the additional twenty percent rebate for combination therapy. So, especially in the rare oncology space, um, and the implications around that of an additional rebate. Again, that could still be um, a, a benefit that the companies then you know that that are in that rare oncology space. 
um, looking at combos, you get a bit more um, of, of, a, of a rebate there as well. So it's it's not all it's not all doom and gloom as well. There there are there is there is some some light in there somewhere. I think is what I was trying to to get to. I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, the, the the ultimate um, uh, let's say the ultimate push what you will see and what we are already seeing now in the negotiations is just simply that I think um, prices need to go down, right? I think um, prices, let's say close to a million or let's say not prices, but the annual therapy costs close to a million, even above, um, I think, but still be doable, right? In Germany. I'm, I mean, I don't say that this is not doable, but it might get even more tricky, right? And I mean, the kind of issue might be rather, and that's, I think, what the um, what politicians also put into the law is if there are products which cannot prove in let's say standard um, evidence-based medicine terminologies that they are really more efficacious and or more safe, then your life is just getting more complicated, more difficult. And that is where I personally just think, firstly, you need to plan really properly on your evidence base, which doesn't always mean RCT, right? Mm-hmm. Have a look on the CAR-Ts. They don't have an RCT. They have re- registered data. Um, they have full-up kind of data. They're in close contacts, et cetera. Et cetera. I think that's very important. And secondly, obviously, I mean, um, Georgie, you had just mentioned the potential further 20% rebate. Obviously, do a proper planning of your pricing early on and anticipate what your kind of potential discount might be. And I would rather say do it more realistically, right? I mean, a 5% price cut with an orphan drug would maybe an annual therapy cost of, I just take it out of the out of the blue, right? Maybe of 700,000 euros and um, with, let's say, let's call it the difficult evidence base is probably just not realistic, right? If the evidence base is as it is, okay, take it. But then think of how you best price your product. And it could still be the 800K or 700K as initial price, let's say anchor in a way, right? But obviously keep thinking how to explain how the price was really being set up. And secondly, obviously, have a more realistic view that this is maybe not the price you will get after the six month period, right? And it's not just a 5% cut, but it might be even bigger. And that's a bit the kind of question mark and probably more the kind of learnings we probably need as well all to run and do in the next um, weeks and months and probably years yeah. as well. Yeah, to actually see what those implications are, are exactly. actually going to be and what, what the price is, you know, what the exactly. price will actually be after yeah. that. Really, I mean, it, it, it's so interesting. It really is. Um, and then just to touch on that, on the last question, I'd be want to take it. Yeah, um, I guess with all this, what are the implications for rare disease patients in, in Europe, Stefan? Will they still be able to access innovative new therapies? And what about delays to new treatments? Perfect question. And again, I would I would like maybe to take again the, the CAR T cell therapies as an example. And just keep in mind that was before we ran now into those kind of financial and economic kind of issues in the last couple of, of months, right? Um, I mean, I'm 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 living, let's say, very close to the Swiss border. And obviously, we're also, let's say, covering Switzerland as a market. So we have just seen what happened there as well. Um, I mean, at the early days of some of those CAR T cell therapies, they were already available for example, in Germany, but also in some other countries across, um, let's say, across uh, Switzerland, small country anyway. But there was a big, big debate why such a rich country like Switzerland um, was not being able to afford those therapies at that time um, for those very few patients. I mean, we're speaking about probably 
what is it, three, four, maybe five patients a year, right? <laughs> I mean, it's really a low number. Um, and there was big debate. There was big debate in television, in the newspapers, in the lay press, um, between experts, etc. For sure, they have it now. But what I want to say is those kind of discussions will probably be even more happening now, probably across Europe, right? Some of those other countries, like, I guess, Italy and maybe some of the parts in, in Spain, they know probably those discussions. But I think for some Swiss, it was really difficult because the product was available just across the border, right? I mean, just maybe 10 kilometers in Germany, and for sure they knew it from the US, but that was all, right? And what I'm now telling is probably something what I have heard has as well happened, for example, in the UK years ago, right? When you were living, let's say, at the Scottish border, for example, and the SFC has approved you already and paid for it, and but not in England, right? By NICE. But I think this, this is probably what we'll see as well even further. I think the big question mark is rather if maybe Europe as a whole might be maybe um, delayed as a kind of launch continent, right? I'm not speaking that Australia is taking on. I think they have the same issue like, like let's say, the UK and Canada and some of the others, right? But what if you say, commercially, I want first to establish my company in the US and maybe I really wait, right? Or I just do individual contracts or individual kind of agreements with individual payers in some European countries. I think this might be maybe then have obviously an impact on patients across Europe. But let's just see. I mean, maybe we we as well just all see that generally prices might go a bit down. It's a question how much is a bit, right? Is it 10, 15, 20%? Is it maybe 50%? And the other point is always what I like, what I love to discuss with payers is, you know, you're speaking about, let's say that you have saved money. I mean, you know, also the other side is not stupid, right? This is a law which is now available, right? So I know exactly what you will request in six months of time. So I might just go in a bit higher with the price, right? <laughs> For sure, you could as well just think, you know, they go higher, but payers know that. So they might even put even further so the discount is maybe even higher. So it's a bit of a game, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's still the question if the price is attractive. Still attractive enough in order to launch, which let's say the issue is finally, obviously, if you decide not to launch, the patients have the issue, right? And that's, I think, the tricky part. So ultimately, I think Europe is probably too big to not launch at all. I personally might just think that prices might just go down quite significantly, I would say, but that has probably not so much to do with the with the new law now in Germany. It's just the economic situation. Um, so I would just say it will not change so much probably for the patients ultimately. It's certainly going to be a really interesting few years ahead, isn't it? In, yes. In, in what the financial market is going to do, where pharma would usually be traditionally um, insulated from global recessions. Now it, it, we might be looking at a different story. And, um, and, a, and a law like this from Germany sort of spearheads what, what we might be looking at into the future. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Fierce, what have you got anything to add add to that? Because this this is really interesting stuff, and I came in thinking it was doom and gloom, but actually, that I'm I'm seeing some some rays of light here and some some opportunity. Not sure, um, sure. <laughs> well, you can just to say no. There's not if you don't. Think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's great. This is yeah, 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 of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But say it. It is yes, still the yes, opposite. You know, say so, yeah. Yes. We need that context. So right, yeah. So, and, and and say say what you think. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing I also wonder beyond the patients, it's how this new insurance fund or how the updates to this insurance fund are actually going to be funded in terms of. Actually, people feeling the the pressure now of the recession, the economies. I think they said 
Um, for example, the insurance rates for the um, the GKV would go up about one percent mm. from one point three percent to two point three percent by twenty twenty three, and thereafter be increased by zero point two or zero point three percent per year. But if if these trends continue, you wonder how much would the public be willing to sort of help fund some of these new innovative technologies um, when it only affects a minority of the population. So I wonder in the long run what what, what may happen in politics on this scale. Um, but at the moment, at least, there's still good access to these innovative technologies. And I hope that we can continue to, to have access to all of these. It, it, it's actually a very great point you, you're just raising, Chris. I think the, the kind of question is, it's probably hitting all of us sooner rather than later, right? Which is more the kind of question, I mean, how could you, let's say, explain that a product, a pill or a, a, I don't know, a vial of a product, which might extend maybe, yes, for sure, life for maybe, let's say, a year or maybe three months or just six weeks would cost 200,000 euros, 400,000 euros. That's basically the price of a house. So this is really difficult. I mean, I, I, I know, I mean, Sometimes I, you know, I enjoy having those discussions also with lay people, right? With friends around me, right? So I just open that up. But it might get into a more difficult situation now, also driving its perception in the public domain, right? Yeah. Because it's just difficult to understand why is it really worth? And, you know, if we discuss but, about but then, the you know, you know what you're doing there, Steph. You're putting a price on life, and and and, and that is, you know, what 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 is a, a price exactly. of, of someone's yes. quality of, you yes. know, unless you're you're living with that reality, or your your you know family member is, you know, you're looking at it from a completely different point of view. I want all the I don't care how much yes. it costs, just help us. And yes. um, whereas from the other domain is is well, what is a price of a life? You know, if it is just as you say, six weeks a week, you know. Is it worth it? Well, it actually it is worth it to the to the family that are that have got a loved one or somebody that that is suffering. Those six weeks well, are, are instrumental, you know, especially for the yes. kids. Or you know, you you can't put a price on that, really, can you? It, it's such a like you say, you have it uh, just with discussions with friends and stuff, and I bet it can get a, a bit heated because people don't understand it from the other side, and and it's it's that old adage, isn't it? Unless you're dealing with something, you just don't understand. You don't see it through somebody else's eyes. Um, and, and that's always the, the really difficult question. I guess, you know, someone's got to make that judgment somewhere along the line. That question has to be asked and someone's got to give an answer. Yeah, no, no, I fully agree. And, you, you know, I mean, in the UK, you have the threshold on the ISA, right? It's somewhere around the £30,000 per quality. Um, in Germany, I mean, we're more running into, let's say, negotiation solutions, probably similar to the US, right? Even though that US has maybe some other issues around the system, right? But ultimately, I mean, you're totally right. Somebody needs to answer. And I think the answer is just getting a bit more tricky now, right? Because financially, we are all getting a bit into a trap now. I mean, on the other hand, obviously, as well, keeping in mind, it's not just the price for the industry on one side, right? The raw materials are also getting more expensive for them, right? So the margins are also getting smaller. You know, yeah. if we want to discuss about margin from students, maybe another discussion, right? Or question. But it, yeah. you know, you have the pressure from both sides now, right? Yeah. Costs are getting really high, but the price pressure is all also high. And that might maybe be a bit more the kind of issue in terms of incentives for innovation in general, which is again, it's not so much driven by the OD, so by the orphan drug kind of let's say reforms, etc. I think it's just more the kind of question on the whole economic environment currently and probably in the next one, two maybe three years. 
And just one, one final thing I want to, it might be a really stupid question. We might have to ask this one, um, um, but it's just, you touched on it, um, Stefan, when you were talking. So why do you think manufacturers now, it, with this free pricing period, 12, reduce of six months and, and all the other um, uh, new, new, new policy that they brought in, do you think pharma will just up their prices? Do you know, you know, when they are putting them, so that you would just charge more, wouldn't you, surely? Because then when you do take that hit, you're not actually taking the big hit because, you know, you've overpriced it or you've gone in at a higher price. It might sound a really silly question, but I just thought of it. No, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, do, do you think that, that's a trend, Stefan, that, that you'll see coming out? It's not a silly question. I mean, it's an excellent question at the end of the day, because I mean, in theory, I would say, yes, of course, you know, you know what will happen, you know, the kind of new frame. So you just raise it up, right? Where's the issue? But ultimately, I mean, we were just speaking about, you know, what is it, what is life worth? And the discussion, not only, let's say, with our friends and um, uh, let's say with the lay press, et cetera, it's also with your clinicians, it's already now difficult to explain to a physician, even if they say this product is great, I want to have it. How much do you charge for it? Or they just wait until they see the, it in the price list and they just say, you know what? This is this is just not what I can believe. It's a great product, but I cannot understand how you came up with that price. Mm-hmm. And that's already happening now, right? So it's, yeah. it's that kind of, let's say, full environment you need to keep in mind, right? It's not the isolation where you just say, you know, just add then 20% more what we have expected now. Those 20% is something you would even further discuss. And I know, for example, physicians and also of hospitals, also read years ago, where they were just saying, you know what? We're not using it. We're only using it for very few patients. Nobody will say that in the public for sure. But ultimately, it has happened. And it has not only happened in, let's say, in the southern part of Italy. It has also happened in Germany, in France, and everywhere. I'm, so that actually what you're saying is if yes. they do that, there's going to have, you know, not necessarily your product will we'll get through. And actually, if it is through, are they going to use it? Probably not. You know, and like you say, they'll never come up publicly and say yeah. that. But obviously, yeah. because, it, you know, they can see just not worth yeah. what they're charging for. Yeah. It. Um, and like you say, it will only be maybe small children or, you know, someone that, that can really get that benefit yeah. from, from I think the overall pressure is just increasing, right? And the, the overall pressure on prices and on the industry is just, let's say, increasing from all sides. And that's a bit the kind of difficulty, right? I mean, that, and that's what I, what, what I meant beforehand, right? It might just maybe even go a bit further into the lines of development, right? I mean, if you're really in the early stages and really think, also from an investor's perspective, right? Think of, should I put my money into that kind of program in those early stages where I don't know if it will really even work? And that's maybe the kind of tricky part where some of those programs might not even start. So we will not see the impact ultimately because we don't see what we could have had then based for those orphan drug patients. And that's may- maybe we can see it in six, eight, 10 years time. If somebody would analyze, let's say, the time of, let's say, um, new products before the, let's say, recession and the time after, that might be maybe something interesting. But now I think we will not we will not be able to even anticipate and estimate it now. Maybe we'll, we'll bring you back to that one, Stefan. If, if we're all still going in, in a year, we'll bring you back and we'll have another look at it and see see what those, you know, see see what's happening and, and what that what that means and what those changes are. It's been really, really interesting. Do you think a year would be long enough, Stefan? Do you think that in, in 12 months, do you think we'll see a different situation or do you think we'll just still be um, reeling from these changes? Um. I think in a year from now, you will at least get a good kind of feeling on the potential for the price 
pressure. And I mean, across the different countries, right? I think you can see, and I'm pretty much sure that you see higher discounts being negotiated. And I think the issue is obviously, even that we have so many different payers across Europe, everybody's really feeling that pressure. They get the pressure from the ministries, from the politicians, et cetera. And ultimately, the pharmaceutical industry need to take it. Yeah. And most of the companies will anyway take it, let's say, in the first instance. And some of those, that is also fine, right? Because they still have a good margin. Not a problem. But there might be some where maybe they might decide then not, as we said it, maybe not launching it. Or maybe, as we have heard, I mean, uh, George, you you just um, put that in, into the introduction. Maybe some of those will still withdraw, right? Because they might get maybe potentially a higher price somewhere else. What I honestly doubt, but <laughs> let's see. Um, uh, yeah, let's just see. I think in a year of now, I think we at least see the impact on the price discounts between that those twelve months and probably the last ten years. Perfect. All righty. Any anyone want to sum up anything that we said, or are you are you both happy with that so far? So, I feel like it's a great discussion. I think it's been yes. brilliant. We really, really, really enjoyed interesting, that. Um, to get your feedback from it, Stefan, and to have your input as well, Fizz. So it's, I think everyone's going to get a lot out of this. So, yeah, yeah. really, really good discussion. Agree. I can't think of much more to add. I was just quickly going to ask you, Stefan, actually, what's been the reaction in Germany? I mean, how have people... Been, is it, yeah. has, it, has it has it gone down well? Has it been a, like a lead balloon? What's what's the what's the word <laughs> on the streets? <laughs> that, that's good. I, I think beyond experts, basically nobody's really discussing about it, to be honest. Oh, I mean, yeah. and, you know, ultimately, at least in Germany, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is always the devil, right? So it's very easy to go there, right? I mean, you know, even if you say, ah, but you know, the healthcare cost has increased. Yes, for sure. So we need to go against the high prices. But, you know, <laughs> the, the price, the component, the, the, the proportion of pharmaceutical prices and the cost of those, of the total expenditure on healthcare, it's just minimal, right? What is it? 7%? It's below 10%. Somewhere between 5 and 7 or 8%, I think. And so we should rather think and discuss about those other 90%. Well, good. Everybody needs to pay their, you know, the their, their kind of stake, right? And we have discussed beforehand that that's it. It's difficult to explain why you want to charge for a vial or a tablet two hundred thousand euros. Not a discussion, but it's still a small proportion of it, right? So we need to discuss and get a much bigger reform on some of those other aspects, like inpatient funding, etc. All of that kind of thing. And there is a big discussion on that, right? And we have a lot of discussion now on resources we don't have, on budget still needed, and all, all of that kind of issues. I think it's probably across Europe, but that's rather the discussion. It's not, not so much on the discussion of, let's say, AMNOC changes or whatever. I mean, you can even hardly find it in the lay press, for example. So market access for open drugs can be very challenging, especially in the context of evidence generation, as we have just heard. Those kind of evidence generation kind of issues could and will and are sometimes overcome by some special rules, especially and probably only in Germany. This might also be still then one of the co-drivers why Germany might still be one of the, maybe not even the most important country for an orphan drug launch in Europe, because there's still the opportunity to work with the evidence which is available in case a product has an orphan drug designation. And that would still be acceptable in a way for a positive added benefit with the GBA in Germany. I think core changes within the law, as discussed, are now that the 
annual sales threshold is being decreased from 50 million euros to 30 million euros annually. That will be a, a key kind of driver, obviously, but it might also be the indirect kind of effect that maybe some of the prices might already be launched a bit lower because of the anticipation potentially of the threshold, which would then basically mean that companies would need to submit a full dossier with a full added benefit assessment by the GBA. How that will all look like and also how the kind of potential impact that would have on the European environment, we will need to see, most likely still not yet known by end of October 2022, these kind of changes will be in effect January 1st, 2023. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.